Hey kids, it is me, your D-Dice Robots, and we're back with another Super Excited Super episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to talk about another ticket that I found inside of a book. Going to open up a toy, going to do this, going to do that, it's going to be great, but until that greatness happens, Grandma's Grandpa, take that beat! OKIC Robot, let's get this party started right, let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Hey, what's up, guys? I hope that by now everybody has listened to the latest episode of Behind the Bit with Ed and has, has seen how uh, we are going to be joined by the person who is now known as uh, Program Director Melissa. She's here right now in the booth. She has gone ahead and, like... I don't know, man. She's making herself at home. And I guess, honestly, that is that is fine. I I don't know. It's like, what what can I do? She has a contract. I hope that you've I hope that you've listened to that episode. Honestly, I'm not even really like too sure who she has um signed this contract with. But you know, it is what it is, right? Some things are kind of just like they're out of your control. Like like the weather. It has uh it's recently started to warm up here in the, the lovely Bay Area, Northern California, the Redwood Empire, Santa Rosa, and it's it's been super mellow up until now. We've had, like, most of our days have been in, like, the 70s. I, I've liked that. I think that if it was in the 50s, 60s, 70s all year around, I'd be very happy. Do you guys, do you guys watch Riverdale, the TV show Riverdale? It's getting ready to end soon. I, I love that show. And one of the, one of the things I like is the shooting location. Um, Riverdale is shown to be like in the woods and it's always foggy. It's always foggy. It's always spooky. It always looks a little bit wet out, like it's been raining or drizzling. And I, I really do enjoy that weather. I think that if you ask me, my favorite weather is the top pick might be rainy and foggy. I love, I love that. And up until, up until this past week, it's, it's been like fairly heavy fog in the morning when you're out there. Like you get up, you go, you walk the dog. There's like a bit of a, bit of a mist in the morning. But now, man, it's like full blown hot. We get like. We get like one or two like hot weeks a year and it looks like we are in the uh, the middle of one right now. It's fine. When I say hot, I don't mean like Arizona hot. It's not like 120, 100 and anything like that. It's like 99, maybe like 100. The the highest I've seen it be here is just like just over 110 and that's that's like blazing hot. That's like blazing hot for here because we're we're like we're within range of the ocean. The ocean is big. The ocean is vast. And the power the ocean has over your weather is massive. Every morning, like, the ocean kind of, the wind and the everything moves in. We call it the marine layer. The marine layer blows in, gets the temperature back down, and then it kind of burns off as the, as the day goes. The day goes on, the fog burns off. And it's it's been like that, always, as long as I've been here. And it's great. It's like... It always cools down at night, which is good. Because if it stays hot all night, you're in a bad place. You're in a bad position, brother. Let me let, let me, me tell, tell you. you. I don't know. I'm talking about the weather. It's so exciting. I have nothing else to talk about in my life, on the air, over the over the massive reach of Icy Robots Radio, except for the weather. But I, I think that when it comes down to the weather, it's something that we all have in our lives. We all have, like, uh, we all have these uh, weather-related issues. Some places it's too hot. Some places it's too cold. Some places you're going to die if you go outside because it's too too uh, bright. Some places it's too cold and you'll freeze instantly upon upon contact. So I, I think it's something that we can all we can all just relate to. But um, 
let's uh let's move forward. I got this figure right here, and I've been dying to open this. It's a Jaws figure, and I have had it here for like a couple weeks now. And we're gonna we're gonna bust that open right after this. This is I See Robots Radio. You are now rocking with the best from the best-selling novel Jaws. From the best-selling novel Jaws. From the best-selling novel Jaws. Up next, I see robots will prattle on about an action figure from Jaws that looks like Richard Driffus. Is that a good thing? It's actually Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus, and that is in fact a very good thing. I I really do like Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if there is anybody like him in movies today. This guy really like he really encapsulated an everyman. I know we talked about that with like Indiana Jones being an everyman, but when you look when you look at like our guy Richard Dreyfus in the role of Hooper in Jaws, you you have an actual factual everyman right there. This guy is like five foot one, normal weight, no weapon skills, no martial arts skills, nothing but his mind and his courage. He's just a man with a man's courage out there ready to fight a shark. Jaws is, Jaws is so great, dude. I love it. Love it to death. I, I found this figure. If you don't know already, what I have in my hand is the Hooper. The Hooper figures from Jaws made by NECA. I found this guy over at the Target in Ronard Park. They also, they also had a couple action figures from the new wave of He-Man, but none that I wanted. But this does give me hope that the new wave is going to be coming out soon. That's like rat lore and, uh bunch of guys like that. A bunch of like serpent society guys, that that kind of stuff. Back to Jaws. I found I found the Hooper. They don't have this one in Santa Rosa. I've already I've already found the Quint. I actually found the Quint at the same store. So maybe maybe that's just where they got the hookups over there. I'm going to have to get I'm going to have to get Roy Scheider next. I feel like I'm already so deep into it that like there's no going back. Let's uh let's take a look right here. You can see him through the box. The head sculpt Looks just like our guy Richard Dreyfuss. He has two hats. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Melissa's in my ears right now. She uh, she has a bit. She's going to do a quick explanation on who is Hooper. Take it away. Matty Matt Hooper is the deuteragonist of the 1975 film Jaws, based on Peter Benchley's 1974 best-selling novel of the same name. He was portrayed by... Richard Dreyfus. See? See? Dreyfus. It's not it's not that hard. I'm just I kid. I'm kidding. Let's uh let's get back. What else does he have? He has a bag, a cup, a crumpled cup, and then that looks like about it. I I really, really do like those Arthur Fonzarelli brand switch. Shout out to that. Opened it right there. I really do like the quality on these NECAs. I'm not even I'm not even gonna lie. I cut into the tape there, so we're gonna we're gonna open up the top of the box. The box has great art. On the front, you see you see the uh, Bruce the shark coming up. It says Hooper, Amity Arrival. This is the gear that he wore when he first gets to town. I saw the movie just the other day. This is exactly what he's wearing. He looks just like this. On the back, you get a picture of him, and then one, two, three, four, five. Five different posed photos of this figure with different hats and different hands. It's really, really cool. Really gets across the idea of what you're what you're in for. I pulled out the tray. This is collector-friendly packaging, meaning you can take the things out. You can put them back in if you so wish. Let me um 
gonna have to cut through some bands. There's some uh, some power bands in here holding in place. I'm trying out a new technique where in which I cut them from the back. And we can see if we'll be able to get them out easier this way. My gut says nah, but you never know until you try with something like that, right? It's, um, I can't even cut through these with the Vidal Sassoon snips. Let's just, uh, let's just pull them out. He's only held around the waist. Went ahead and I just pulled it with my hands. I'm gonna hear some crinkling. So we got the hoop. I got the hoop out. Very, very cool details. His glasses look amazing. He has like separate, the glasses don't come off, but they are, they are separate from the head, which is, which is neat. He's not like, he's not like the Baroness in G.I. Joe, where they're just like painted on her face. These are like actually like a different, different thing. He has a nice little denim shirt, denim pants. Around these parts, we call this a Canadian tuxedo. But for the purpose of this, we're going to call this an Indiana tuxedo. Shout out to my guy, Engineer Nerd. Hope you're doing well. Let's, uh, let's take a look here. He moves at the elbows and the shoulders. He's a little bit stiff. That's one of the knocks you hear on these figures. That uh, at first they're pretty stiff, and you kind of gotta you gotta work them loose. His knees are fine. The jeans are the jeans are really cool. The way they the way they kind of crumple and bend to look like real jeans, but they are they are a little bit on the skinny jean side of things. I don't know don't know what kind he wore in the movie. I'll have to I'll have to take a look at the the cuffs of his jeans. His shirt is just a plain gray shirt. Then we have his accessories. Oh, he has a watch. He has a wrist watch on his arm, his uh, left arm. Very, very cool. That's honestly like, that's a nice touch. I, I like that. You can you can see the watch. You can actually even see the time. It is 12, 12, 15. I wonder, I wonder if that is the exact moment in, in the movie where he made it to, made it to Amityville. I, I went ahead and I pulled all the other stuff off. You don't know it, but I paused for a second. I got sick of the crinkling. I paused. I pulled all the, all the stuff out. So, um, let's take a look. He has a duffel bag that you can put over his shoulder. Let's put that there. Very cool. He has two hats. He has a beanie hat. When you put the when you put the beanie on, he, he looks like full-on hipster. Denim shirt, skinny jeans, looks like he's wearing cons. He's got he's got the whole thing going on here, but then he has another hat. This one this one is like a bucket hat. And he looks again, he looks like a hipster, but more more like a tourist right there. I think of the two, I think I prefer the beanie, but I gotta I gotta give it up to NECA for their for their hat technology, because the hats go on very, very well. They stay on, they look great, and where, as you can see, like a little bit here on Dreyfus, he has he has a bit of the hat head. It doesn't it doesn't look bad. And then he has he has a replacement sculpt of his head where he looks he looks a little bit more serious than he does in the other one. His hair his hair is a little bit more poofed. There's there's just like the first one he has kind of like a little bit of a smile. I wouldn't call it a smirk, but it's smirk like. On the other the other one he's looking very very much just like I'm about to go fight a shark. And then he has a coffee cup that you can put into his hand. Coffee cup here fits well. It's like a styrofoam paper cup. And then he has then he has a crumpled one enacting out a scene from the film that I don't I don't want to spoil. But this is this is a great figure. I'm not even I'm not even going to lie. I'm really Super impressed with the quality of the uh, of the NECA figures. They're they're like Migos, but they're kind of they're kind of like a step up. Like right right here, I have a Superman Migo that I that I got for Christmas and I haven't opened because he looks he looks so awesome in the box. They got these at Walmart right now. I think I've only I've only seen a couple at my Walmart, but I see other people posting pics about how they have tons of different 
different heroes. Your Green Arrow, you're the Flash, you're the Reverse Flash, the Aquaman, all those, all those cool guys. But the the NECA is like it's like a revamped version of a uh, of Amigos. Better quality, the body's better, the head sculpting is better. There's only there's only like a ten dollar difference between the two. The NECA costs like thirty bucks or so, and I, I honestly do think that you're uh, you're getting your money's worth. Let's make sure I have all the accessories: two hats, two cups, a head, and a duffel bag. Guess what? I made it all through the segment without dropping anything into that hole under my desk where things disappear to. Let's let's uh, let's cut our losses and move forward right now into this week of Japanese League Baseball. Oh, right right here. And have you suffered any of these depressed periods since you've been here? Charge it. Then suppose you just relax and take your treatment. Charge it. This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. I spent this last week in the IC Robots Radio Research Library investigating the recent hot streak of Steve Balboni Jr. Jr. reached base in 32 consecutive plate appearances, including 25 hits, 20 of them for extra bases and 7 intentional walks. In a row, according to my research the last man to so much as reach in 10 straight at bats was 8-finger Paul, an outfielder for the now-defunct Delaware Ducks a team in the old Ferguson League. This was way back in 1875. I wasn't even born then so I didn't know about the Ferguson League until I found newspaper clippings of the record. It's impressive but nothing like Balboni Jr. Keep on rocking in a free world Steve Jr. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Up next at the movies with IC Robots, it's really a surface level look at the movie because he lacks the basic knowledge of film required to be a critic. A lot of the time he talks about the theatre he went to all right then, at the movies. I'm not upset. You wanted me to listen. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, July 12th. I went to see Mission Impossible at the downtown movie theater, which I don't go to all too often. I don't... I don't like the experience of it that much. I do prefer the Artie Farty Theater on Summerfield Road. I like the airport theater out near Windsor. I find that the employees at the downtown theater are kind of, they're kind of checked out, which is fine. I get it. It's not like a career kind of job. But when I was, when I was back in the movie theater game, I remember that like a large portion of the people that worked there were like really into movies. Like they were, they were super duper movie nerds and that kind of, especially like in the video store game too, there were tons of movie nerds and that was that was one of the things that made it kind of fun people wanted to like engage with customers and talk about the movies and stuff and downtown they just don't want to engage and I get it it's not really like a career path kind of job and you're just doing your whatever but I don't know it's not it's not like super fun there in my opinion it's kind of messy it's kind of weird it's um it's just not fun but we had to go to the DMV which is a whole nother whole nother thing shout out shout out to the people who work at the DMV because that is a thankless job and it is hard and it's like it's like the waiting room of Beetlejuice in there and you got to help these people and I think they do a good job I I give them enough respect but we had to go there and the theaters near the DMV and we didn't want to drive over to 
airport and see it at the theater I prefer. So there it was. And I got to say, once again, the good old downtown theater does not disappoint. We were sitting in our seat. The people to the left of us had a child which the, with them, which isn't, it's not a big deal. You can take your kids to the movies. You can take your kids to see Mission Impossible. But this kid could not have been less interested in this movie. At one point, he was like on the ground. He was like on the ground doing like... You know that episode of the, the Simpsons where Homer's on his side and he's sort of like spinning around in a circle, like moving his feet like he's running on the ground, but he's laying on his side. The kid was like doing that. He was like like spinning in a circle. We actually, we got up and moved. We moved a row back because it was more comfortable to be away from these people. But with all that said, Mission Impossible was a really fun movie, man. You get exactly what you expect in a movie like this. You get Tom Cruise putting his life on the line for a stunt. You get all kinds of crazy action choreography there's like a fun story and stuff it was it was pretty cool i myself have seen maybe like the last i think rogue nation was the first mission impossible movie that i saw i don't know why i just didn't i never saw him i missed the first one i missed the first couple and then i just i didn't want to get in but people were telling me how awesome rogue nation was and it was it was awesome i went to see it had a good time i saw the next one the one with henry clavel i thought that was really fun and this one this one is really fun, too. And on a very positive note, it has Haley Atwell. One of my favorite actresses of all the time in space, Haley Atwell. You might know her as Peggy Carter, Captain Carter. She was in a really great episode of The Black Mirror. She was in Howard's End. All kinds of fun stuff. And she was in this. And I think as far as things I've seen her in, this one allowed her to shine the most. She's doing stunts. She's running around. She's doing comedy. There's a scene where her and Tom Cruise are handcuffed together and they have to escape in a car. And it's like really funny watching them try to like use one hand. Each one is using a hand and they're driving. And it was really just really fun stuff. And it had cool stunt driving. I thought this movie was pretty cool. But I do have to disclose this. I fell asleep. I fell asleep for a portion of the movie. It's like it was so hot these past few days and I was so tired and I was so mentally drained from being at the DMV. And then I'm I'm sitting in the recliner seat, which I don't really enjoy. And I'm kind of kind of kicked back a little bit. And I think I fell asleep for maybe like five or ten minutes. I don't know if you want to take that as like a testament to the movie's ability to uh, keep my attention. But I did kind of zonk out. So there is there is uh, some noteworthiness to that. But that's. That's not to say that I didn't have a good time. I did have a good time. I really, I really thought it was cool. The basic plot of the movie is there's like this computer program and one government's fighting for it and the other government's fighting for it. And then like Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise is in the middle and he's, he's trying to get control of the AI and maybe he'll use it for good or maybe he'll destroy it. It's... It's all good, man, but it doesn't really matter that much. A movie like this isn't as much about the plot as it is as much about, like, watching insane stunts. And there are some crazy insane stunts. There is the big one that they've shown in the trailer, Tom Cruise on a motorcycle. But there's an even bigger one, in my opinion. The end scene is on a train, and it is bananas. Absolutely bananas. This movie was a ton of fun. Go check it out. I think something like this is seen better at the theater. Don't go to the theater downtown, because you might get some kid on the floor kind of spinning circles around. Man, make your kids sit down when you go to the movies, honestly. I get it. You want to take them. It's fun. It's summer. Big summer blockbuster. But, like, if the kid is breakdancing on the ground, pick him up and say, hey, son, you gotta knock it off. People are trying to enjoy the movie. That's Icy Robots there. He's a famed film uh, reviewer, and he's trying to trying to take it in, and you're, you're ruining that. But anyhow, it was fun. So 
On the good old-fashioned Source Magazine Mike Meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 a solid 3.5 3. mics. 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. You are listening to World's Famous. Here's a fact. I'd shoot a baby duck for saying quack. And now, I see robots will talk about a professional wrestling convention he went to some years ago. He saw Stone Cold Steve Austin just standing there and he was too shook to talk to him. That is super weird, dude. It's not actually that weird. We'll talk about this in a sec. The segment that we have ahead of us today is... I don't have a name for it. I never thought of a name, but it's um, me deeply examining an event I went to. I'll I'll get tickets for events, and then I kind of like I'll stash them in books. I'll use them as bookmarks. I'll I'll get them all over the place, and then eventually I'll find them again. I always make sure to like put them into a book that I I do plan on rereading. Not one of not one of my John Ringo novels. I I found this one the other day, and it is for the ultimate fan experience. WrestleFest. 2007. Sunday, October 21st, 2007 at the Cow Palace, 2600 Geneva Avenue, Daly City. You've heard me talk about the Cow Palace a few different times in the past. I saw New Japan there. I recently went to an AEW taping there. It's it's a venerable arena in the area. When I say venerable, I mean old. It's pretty old. It's pretty run down, but there is like a ton of wrestling history at this place. The WWF used to run it. Big time wrestling used to run it. It's like, it's the spot. The AWA, all these groups have like this long storied history at the Cow Palace. And when I heard there was going to be a wrestling convention there, I was just like, bro, I gotta go. A wrestling convention is exactly what it sounds like. It's like a Comic-Con, but for wrestling. There's, like, wrestlers that are signing autographs. There's, like, wrestling shows, wrestling vendors, like, DVDs, VHS tapes, T-shirts, all that stuff. I I do like conventions. I like to go and look at the merchandise and, like, see the stars and all that stuff. And I've never, not never been to a wrestling convention aside from this one. So when I saw that this was going to come up, I bet you I saw it on Facebook back in the day. When I saw this was going to be coming up, I was like, we gotta go. So the wife and I, we got tickets. It was a three-day event, and we got tickets for the for the Sunday, the final day. That was the only day off we could get from work, as it was at the time. So we went down, but here's here's what happened. In the days leading up to the event, we started seeing reports that, like, everything was going haywire. The first day of the event was, like, MMA day. And they were going to do, like, a mixed martial arts fight. And they were going to have, like, all kinds of people there from the world of, like, no-holds-barred fighting and whatever. But at the last minute, the State Athletic Commission came in and shut down the event because they said that there was something wrong with the cage the dudes were going to fight in. I don't know what that was about. That is just what I heard and what I read. And then the promoter was having issues paying people because there was a lot of refunds. People wanted refunds on the tickets for the uh, fight show they didn't get to see. And then all, like, sorts of chaos started jumping off from there. After the show, there was, like, a fight backstage. This is what I read. I wasn't there. I wasn't there till Sunday. But there was, like, a fight backstage between somebody's bodyguard and Don Fry. And then somebody, like, somebody threatened their promoter. And this was only the first night. This was only the first night. The whole thing had gone awry. 
Then the next day, the very next day was going to be like a wrestling day with like all kinds of like old timey wrestlers and current stars and all that stuff. There was going to be a um, there was going to be a big show called Malice in the Palace that day at the event, and there was like everybody from like the Steiner Brothers, the Dudley Boys, uh, the Blue Meanie and Al Snow were there. The Powers of Pain. Shark Boy, one of my personal favorites, Shark Boy, Abyss, Lance Hoyt, Greg the Hammer Valentine produced Beefcake. All these dudes were supposed to be there, and they all did, in fact, compete in the show. Looks like a fun show. The main event was uh, the Great Muda against uh, Sandman, the Sandman of ECW fame, who was seconded by Steve Carino. Ultimo Dragon beat Billy Kidman. Greg Valentine and British Beefcake teamed up and defeated Coco Beware and Dr. Death. Steve Williams, which is... Which is a pretty kooky team, but there were all kinds of fun people there. But then afterwards, dudes were like, the promoter is not paying us. And all these guys were like going on their Facebook, going on their Twitter, going on their MySpace, whatever it is they had at the time. And they were putting out reports like, do not go to this show. Nobody's being paid. It's all falling apart. Everything is bad. So I'm reading all this stuff. I'm reading all this. And like, I'm telling the wife, I'm like, do you, do you think that we should go? Do you think that we should actually attend this event that like Greg the Hammer Valentine himself is saying he wasn't paid for or saying that we should not go and it was it was really like touch and go for a little bit we were thinking man maybe we shouldn't maybe we should but at the time 25 bucks was a lot of money to me that was probably that was probably 25 hours of work and I I decided hey let's just go let's just go and we'll see what happens the big draw of day number three the day that we were going to, was that this wrestling group from the East Coast called Ring of Honor was going to put on their first ever West Coast appearance, and they had, like, all their stars lined up. And at the time, this group was hot. They had tons of dudes who went on to, like, great fame. I'm talking, like, Shane Rollins. I'm talking, like, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. I'm talking about the Necro Butcher, Samoa Joe. All these dudes who went on to, like, big national fame were just getting their start in this group. And I had never had the opportunity to see them. And I was really looking forward to it. I don't think they've come back to the West Coast since to be honest. But then word started going out, are these dudes even going to go on? It was like, at first, they said they were, and then the wrestlers had like a meeting, and they said they weren't going to go on. And it was like, it was just like, I went all this way, I drove all this way from Santa Rosa to Daly City, the massive length of an hour and a half. And if I don't get to see Ring of Honor, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be really sad. Did I get to see him? Maybe I did. I'm not really sure. We're going to find out in a sec, but right now we're going to a uh, commercial message. You are listening to IC Robots Radio. If you don't know, now you know. We will return after this. And if they have a problem making food that tastes good, of course you have, because you are a hick and probably cook with lard. Well, guess what, Hillbilly? With the Pooptronics Home Food Tube Beam Machine, your days of tasting food are over. First, insert some old rags or cardboard into the tube and presto, one brown, unflavored food tube. No, I'm unflavored. Well, what can I say but buy the upgraded food tube machine for only $250 more a month. And then you get two packets of food flavoring. One is ketchup flavored and the other is our most popular seasoning, salt. Yes, salt. How cool is that? Order now and I will throw in a full shaker of Pootronics brand salt. Supplies are limited, so act now. Pick up the phone and dial PP5 one doo doo for ordering information. Operators are standing by to take your call. I would have to say, don't make that call. 
I really would, and which is, which is weird considering they're advertising on my show. But we're um, we're contractually obligated to run a Pooptronics ad every once in a while. They, um, it's just it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Don't buy a home food cube maker. It will uh, not be the best thing for you. Did they? Did they put on the show? Yes, in fact, they did. At the last minute, the guys decided, you know what? We're not getting paid, but there are people here, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna go and we're gonna put on the best show we can. Because we're cool like that. And it was, it was pretty fun. But let's, um, let's go and talk about, like, what happened when we got there. Alright, we pull up to the Cow Palace. We pull up, and the Cow Palace has a monster parking lot. It is monstrous. And almost every time I've ever been there to see WWF, to see whatever, it's always full. It's always full. And we got there, and I'm not even kidding, there were maybe 20 cars in the parking lot. I'm not even exaggerating. There were maybe 20 cars in, like, this 30,000 spot parking lot. It was it was wild. We were like, I don't even know what's going on. This is like the weirdest thing ever. We considered turning around and heading home, but I'm like, you know, let's just go see. The chance to go inside the Cow Palace doesn't come up all that often, honestly. And I recall at this time, I hadn't been in there for a long time. The WWF started running, I think, in San Jose. So for a while, nobody was doing any wrestling at the Cow Palace. And I was excited to go back and see it again. So we decided to go, and when we got in there, it was the weirdest thing. The The building is set up with, like, one giant arena. There's a giant arena in the middle, and you have to, like, walk through, you know, this big lobby to get in, in, into the arena. And there's, there's, like, various side rooms they use for whatever. And for this, one of the side rooms was set up with, like, a vendor area with all kinds of people selling tapes and DVDs and T-shirts. And then there was another room that had all kinds of, like, wrestlers in there signing autographs. Like, everybody you could ever think of. Like, the weirdest group of people of all time in one room. And I, I'm i like, well, let's go into the vendor room first. Because I, myself, I'm a big fan of vendor rooms. When I go to, like, comic shows or whatever, I spend more time in the vendor room than I spend in any any other room. I just like to look, look and see what they got. So we headed in there, and I recall the biggest booth was from this company called High Spots. Highspots.com. They sell like all kinds of wrestling stuff. DVDs, tapes, toys, as far as like rings and every other thing you can imagine. When I say rings, I mean like actual factual wrestling rings. Not like, you know, world famous like, not like Hall of Fame rings. Even though I bet you they do have like replica Hall of Fame rings in there. They have everything. And they had a massive booth that I spent a lot of time looking at. It was pretty fun. I ended up buying, I think I bought a couple tapes. One of them was a tape of the famous Atlantis mask versus mask match, which was, which was really hot at the time. And then I bought, I bought a toy version of the NWA title belt. They had like a whole display of like cool toy wrestling belts. And when I say toy, I don't mean like, I don't mean like, you know, like a cosplay belt. I mean, for like, it was on scale for like a Hasbro. And, it, you know, it's cool. I bought it. I, I still have it. It's over It's over there on one of my Hasbros. But I, I went and did that, and that was pretty fun. I got to spend a lot of time looking at wrestling tapes. But when we were in the room, there was maybe, like, three or four people in there. I'm not even kidding. Like, three or four amongst, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of vendors. This show... This show was one of the biggest flops in any form I've ever seen in my life. It makes me feel makes me feel sad because it would be cool if this was like an annual thing and we got to go check it out, but it was a pretty titanic flop. We spent 
a lot of time in that room looking stuff, and that was, you know, that was cool, man. I gotta, I gotta admit, it was pretty cool. If I was in the mood for, like, wrestling t-shirts and all that stuff, it was, like, paradise. I was, I was thinking about this when I put the segment together. I bought this Atlantis Mask versus Mask match VHS tape, which was, this was, like, a really famous match in the world of Lucha Libre. It actually won the Wrestling Observer Match of the Year Award. First time ever a match from the south of the border has won such a, such an award, and the, the tapes from High Spot were, you know, just standard black VHS tapes, but they had like a blank label on the front and a blank on the top. And I I wound up loaning it to this guy that I was working with at the uh, Blockbuster video at the time. I spent I spent like a couple months working at Blockbuster when I was done with Bradley. I quit the Bradley and I just like, I couldn't find a job. I absolutely couldn't find anything that I liked for a period of time. And then this this weird uh, headhunter called me and they offered me a job running a blockbuster. And I was like, I guess so. I'll do it for a little while. But I hated it. I absolutely hated it from the bottom of my heart. I felt like I felt like such a sellout going from the world of indie video to the world of blockbuster. Plus, plus they suck terribly. And I loaned this tape to this kid who worked there. And then when I quit, he called me up and he's like, hey, I, uh, I got your tape. Do you want to come get it? But I quit, like... I, on the spur spur of the moment. I just like, no notice. I'm like, forget it. I'm out of here. You guys stink. And I felt like there could have been like some kind of a verbal ambush. So I, I never went back there to get the tape. And as far as I know, this dude Tyson still has it. This guy Tyson, his dad works at the Migley Flea Market, which is the one in Sebastopol. He works at the Sebastopol Flea Market as the head of security. Every once in a while, you'll see him like riding around the flea market in like one of those four-wheeled ATVs. You know, not like the kind that are like a golf cart, the kind that are like, and he'll run around, and he has like a belt, like a security guard belt with like a flashlight and all that stuff, and he'll patrol the whole place like he's, you know, the king of the world, more power to him, he has a badge, he has a badge that says security, but that was his dad, I never got that tape back, maybe, uh, maybe I should buy it again, I wonder, I wonder if it's even available at high spots, maybe I'll look at some point in the future and I'll let you know how that turns out. So, anyhow, here is where we start to get to, like, the meat and potatoes of, of, of the story. So, we're, we're at the show, and we, um, headed over from the vendor room into the room where they had the guys who were all signing autographs and stuff. Now, in my memory, it was kind of, it was kind of like a small, cramped room, but I don't know that that was actually the case, because I've done, like, a minimal amount of research, and I saw some pictures that people took that day, and it did look like, it absolutely absolutely looked like it was a large room, but in my mind, it was like, it was kind of cramped. That might just be me and my, uh, my weird anxiety issues. I, I have a hard time with these, like, celebrities at cons and stuff. I've talked about this before. I, I don't want to bother somebody if I'm not gonna, like, buy a photo or if I'm not gonna buy a shirt. It seems like it, um, it feels whack to me to go over and talk to somebody when they're there to sell stuff and I'm, I'm taking up their time when I have no intention of buying anything. But then, on the flippy flip, I also feel like that in life you have a right to say hello to anybody you want. It's like, I'm a human being, this guy's a human being, if I want to talk to him, I can talk to him. But I, I usually, I choose not to, but when I, when I went into this room, it was, it was interesting because they had... They had all, like, the wrestlers and, like, wrestling personalities. And there were, like, a lot of people there. There was, like, X-Pac, China was there. You name it, dude. Just, like, a who's who of people in the world of wrestling were there. And by by the third day of this convention, I really felt like there was, like, nobody there. Like, 
there was next to nobody there. So we're walking around in the room, the wife and I, and I don't know, in my memory, there was only like three or four other customers in the room. And I, I kind of felt like a fish in a world full of sharks. Like all these dudes are looking at me. And all these dudes are wanting me to come and buy their buy their merch, and I, I get it, I get it. You come all this way, you don't want to back, go back home to wherever wherever you're from with like a whole suitcase full of t-shirts that you that you didn't sell. So I don't know, I understand the vibe, but it was it was weird, honestly. It was weird and a little uncomfortable for me with the with these issues that I have. I I in fact saw Stone Cold Steve Austin standing there in front of his table. Drinking a soda, he was drinking a Diet Coke, he was standing there with nobody around him. He was just like, he was just standing there looking off into space like, I don't even know what's going on here. Like, this dude is one of the biggest stars in all the times and space of wrestling. I think that when you talk top wrestling stars, you got Hulk Hogan, you got The Rock, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin is right there amongst them. Of the three, of The Rock, of Hulk Hogan, of Stone Cold, my personal favorite is Stone Cold. I thought that this dude was just massively entertaining. Just just a massively entertaining character, great pump, promo, great wrestler, just really, really cool guy, but I didn't want to go talk to him because I wasn't going to buy a shirt. I wasn't going to buy a picture. I don't want to buy... I don't want to buy a picture with somebody. I don't want to buy any of that stuff. I don't want it, honestly. I'm not I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to disparage anybody who likes these kind of things. But I'm not an autograph photo collector. I'm not the kind of person who wants to get a selfie with Stone Cold. It's just not it's just not my vibe. If you like that, I mean honestly, that's really cool. I get it. I dig it. It's fun to have these mementos for meeting people. But for me, just kind of like seeing them in person is enough. If you if you if you need them. It's like just seeing them. It's enough. I have the memory. That's enough for me. So I didn't want to bother Stone Cold, but like when I when I look back, I feel like, dude, you most definitely should have gone over and talked to Stone Cold because he was probably standing there going, what a waste of time. I'm here. I flew in all the way from Texas and there's nobody here to talk to. No one at all. I'm just standing here like a total doofus. He probably had a good time catching up with some of the other wrestlers from the past, but like I'm sure he wanted to sell his photos and sell his shirts like anybody, and I just, I don't know, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And I, I do, I do regret it. I've talked about this before. I was, I was at SatCon, which is a big comic con in Sacramento, thus SatCon, and I saw DMC, the all-time great, Bust the Most Rhymes in New York State from Run DMC, standing there. He was standing there selling a comic. Nobody was talking to him, but I was too shook to go and talk to DMC. I mean, this guy's, you know, the devastating mic controller DMC. Can't nobody mess around with me. The king of rock, rap, and of rhyme. I deal what I feel, and it feels fine. And it's like, I didn't want to bother him. But the fact was, he was there to sell comics. He wanted me to bother him, but I was too nervous to go talk to him because I am a dork. I'm a dork. I'm a dork and a loser. So... I didn't talk to Stone Cold, which I still I still kind of regret. It would have been cool if the story was, yeah, then I went over and I saw Stone Cold and we shook hands and it was like a lot of fun. We talked and it was great, but, you know, whatever. It, it turns out like it turned out, I suppose. But I did, in fact, talk to a wrestler. I talked to a wrestler who talked to me first. I'll tell... I'll tell that story. So we're in the main room. We're walking around. And my wife, my wife is wearing a shirt that she bought when we were, we went to Mexico. We went to Mexico City. We went to Arena Mexico. We watched wrestling. And she bought a shirt from this wrestling faction called Perros Del Mall, the Bad Dogs. These guys were super hot at the time, like the biggest heel team in all of wrestling. And she got the shirt and she's wearing it, right? She's wearing the shirt. You know, she she's wearing like her cool shirt to the wrestling convention. And we're... We're walking around, and this really big, 
morbidly obese, and I regret saying it that way, but it is, is the way it was, and when you see pictures of them, you'll understand as well. This big, bald, morbidly obese black guy comes up, and he's like, hey, where'd you get that shirt? And I look up at the dude, and I'm like... I'm like, this is one of the headhunters. The headhunters were a tag team at the time. They were known for having, like, bloody, violent matches all around Mexico, all around Puerto Rico. They went to Japan. There was two of them, headhunter number one, headhunter number two. They they were just like, imagine, if you will, Abdullah the Butcher. If you know Abdullah the Butcher, just go look him up. Imagine twin Abdullah the Butchers who can do flips. These guys could do cartwheels. They could do flips off the ropes. And, like... One of the headhunters is, like, talking to my wife about her t-shirt. And then I come over, and and we start talking to him, and he's really nice. Like, super nice. We're talking to this guy. He asks us about the shirt. She said, oh, I got it when we were in Mexico City. He's like, oh, you know, I live in Mexico City. I have a house there. Do you guys think that you're ever going to come visit again? And she's like, oh, yeah. We go every year to go down and visit family. So he he's like, how about if I give him my number? I'll give you my number, and you can call when you're there. And I'll show you the real Mexico City. Give me your phone. So I I give him my phone and he put his number in it. He put his number in my phone and I'm just like, I I don't know what's ever going to become to this. But in fact, we were in Mexico City like a couple years later. And she's like, hey, call the headhunter. Call him to see just if that's the real number or not. So I called the headhunter and a lady answered the phone and I said, hi, uh... Can I talk to headhunter number one, please? That's who he was. There's headhunter number one, and there's headhunter number two. And I said, can I please talk to headhunter number one, please? And she's like, oh, he's not here now. He's he's in Puerto Rico wrestling, uh, doing some wrestling. Can I can I tell him who called? And I'm like, oh, just tell him, you know, I met him at a wrestling convention in San Francisco, and uh, I'm in Mexico, and I thought I'd give him a call. And she's like, oh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he'll he'll be sad that he missed you. And I'm like, oh, you know, just whatever. And I I thought that that was really honestly very weird. And very cool. Homeboy, in fact, gave me the number of his house. I still have it in my phone. It says Headhunter number one. So there was there was that. I did buy a t-shirt from him, a Headhunter shirt. I still have it. I wear it to the um I wear it to the gym every once in a while, and it uh it always elicits a look because it's like these two bald-headed guys with blood all over their faces on the front of my shirt. And then after we met the headhunters, the word was going around the the room that the Ring of Honor show was about to start. So we we zipped down to the arena. It was like first come first serve and we actually got like front row seats. It was pretty cool to to be that close to the to the action. Let me um I got the I got the card here online. The the show was called Chaos at the Cow Palace. They released a DVD of it at one point and there were like a lot of good dudes fighting on this show. And here's the uh, here's the matches. The first match was uh, Chris Hero beat Human Tornado. Then we had Roderick Strong beat Claudio Castagnoli. Both these guys are in AEW right now. Then Adam Pierce beat Carl Anderson. Both these guys are in the WWF right now. Brent Albright beat Delirious. And then is Delirious uh is that Sami Zayn? Is he Sami Zayn now? No, that's. That's uh, a different guy. What did, what did, uh, oh, El Generico. That's what Sami Zayn used to wrestle back in Ring of Honor. El Generico. Then this was, this was a fun one. There was a tag team called the Age of the Fall, which was Jimmy Jacobs and the Necro Butcher. And they beat the No Remorse Corp, which is Davey Richards and Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero is in New Japan right now. Big, big time star over, overseas. But this was, this was what was fun about it. The Necro Butcher is like, He's exactly what he sounds like. He's like a super deathmatch guy. If you've seen that movie, The Wrestler, with Mickey Rourke, there's a scene where he wrestles like this super ultra-violent match where there's like glass and tables, and it's really, 
really violent, really bloody. The guy he's fighting in that match is the Necro Butcher. And the Necro Butcher started fighting in the crowd. He started brawling through the crowd, and he brawled over to where we were, and he he threw a chair that, like, it, like, flew in the air, like, right past me. Like, this chair could have hit me if I didn't move out of the way. It was really, really wild. The first time I've ever been involved in, like, a crowd brawl like that. Like, dude was knocking people over, like, pushing stuff. It was... It was wild. And then Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, is one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all the time in space. He's in AEW right now. He defeated he defeated Austin Aries. That one was really cool. Brian Danielson was the dude that we wanted to see. At the time, he had like a reputation as just being absolutely fantastic. And I was dying to see him live when we saw him live. That was great. And then in the main event, champion Nigel McGinnis defeated Jay Briscoe. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe passed away this year in a in a car accident. They it's really sad. He was an all time great. Loved the Briscoe brothers. Him and his brother Mark are one of the best tag teams ever. Super sad. The world uh, the world misses you, Jay Briscoe. But he lost to Nigel McGuinness that day. Nigel McGuinness is an announcer now. He had um he had an injury. I think he had. Uh, a concussion, too many concussions, and he retired from the ring, and now he's an announcer in AEW. Very, very good announcer. Very, very good. But that was that was like a really fun show. We had a great time. And I have to say, like, overall, I thought the WrestleFest was it was pretty fun. WrestleFanFest was pretty cool. And if I got the chance to go to another professional wrestling convention, I would definitely do so. But after after the uh, chaos at the Cow Palace that this one turned out to be. I doubt there'll be another one there soon. But it is what it is. Had a good time. Let's move forward to... Uh, I think we're going to talk about gym stuff really quick. This is World of Famous on audio recording. This is World of Famous on audio recording. This is World of Famous on audio recording. We built this city on getting That is right, there are only two things in this world that I care about at all. My freaks, the lovely young ladies in my life, and my peaks. My massive, massive biceps, which aren't even really... Really that big, but whatever. This is the part where we talk about working out, about exercising. And honestly, it's because I want everybody out there to lead as healthy a life as possible. I know that exercise isn't fun. I realize exercise isn't everybody's bag. But it's like super essential to life to go out there and be as active as possible. I'm not even kidding, dude. Your body will respond in a positive way. You will find yourself doing things that you never thought were possible. It's all available to you. Just get up out of your chair, go for a walk, go for a jog, go, uh, just go do anything, man. It's all fun. It's all cool to mix it up. I, I'm kind of a, uh, gym guy. I go to the gym, like, three times a week. I have a good time doing it. I lift weights. I run to the treadmill. I do all kinds of stuff, but it has been hot as a mug out here lately, and the gym is a big, giant warehouse that has fans in it, like, a whole bunch of like really big fans and it's still it's still fine but it gets like it gets super hot so we've been looking for like some kind of an alternative something we could do that would be fun and we um batted around to different ideas and the one thing that we kept going back to is that it would be really fun to go swimming the gym doesn't have a pool we don't really know anybody that has a pool that would like allow us to go and jump in and swim some laps and we 
We thought and we thought and we thought, and then one day we're like, duh. There is a swimming lagoon over at um over at the Spring Lake Regional Park. I haven't been there. I haven't been there in like forever. It's a it's kind of like a picnic place, a place where you go and take your family. It's it's a man-made lagoon. It's chlorinated. It's not weird or anything. They have a lot of like different fun things you can do. They have like a like a big inflatable bouncy castle in the water, and it, it's just fun. There's lifeguards. There's a snack bar. It is a. Uh, it's just really cool. And we we decided, well, why don't we just go over there? Why don't we go over there in lieu of going to the gym, and we'll we'll uh, we'll do some laps back and forth. And when we got there. It was, like, so fun. I haven't gone swimming in a long time. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, a really long time. And I I love to swim. I I think that in all the the realms of sports, I've, I've never really, like, succeeded in any sport. I've tried things. I played basketball. I played some baseball. And, like, I'm fine. I do okay. I did some martial arts. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm not, I'm not the best. I'm far from the worst. I'm kind of in the middle, but when it when it comes to that like the the aquatic sports are an area where I feel like I could have excelled if I really would have like focused. We had a pool when we lived in Illinois. We had a pool when we moved here to California and I get a lot of experience like swimming laps and then after that, we joined up at a swim club called Oak Park that um I loved I loved going there. They had a massive outdoor pool with a giant high dive and they had an indoor pool and all kinds of all kinds of things like that, but sadly it burnt down in the uh, 2017 Tubbs fire, which was, which was traumatic on on many many levels, and that was part of the the trauma seeing uh, this place that I love burn to the ground. It was really really upsetting, and it was more upsetting because we'll never get to go there again. And at that point, I'm like, well, that's it for me as far as swimming because I don't know. It's like the idea of the swimming lagoon. It just it like completely escapes my mind. I forget that it's there, and then. All of a sudden, it occurred to me, you can go there, and you can do it as much as you want. So we went there on a Sunday, and we went back and forth across the lagoon a few times. It's far. It's not, like, super far. It's maybe, like, three like three laps on the lap pool, like, straight away. And we swam all the way across the middle and all the way back. I did it, like, three or four times. And, dude, I was geeked out. I was, like, so geeked out. They have a hamburger stand, and I had to eat, like, an entire hamburger. That's how... That's how geeked out your dude was. I was dying. And then I went home and I immediately fell asleep on the couch, man. That is a hard workout. If you have an opportunity near you to go swim some laps, to do some swimming, I would recommend doing it, man. My my shoulders are killing me right now. We went that Sunday and then we went again Tuesday night because it was still hot and I did not want to go into the, into the sweat box of a gym and lift weights. So we decided to do it again. And I got to tell you, my shoulders are killing me. They are killing me right now. My head feels like it's going to fall off. I can barely I can barely move my arms, but I had a really good time, dude. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. I haven't um like I said, I haven't been swimming in a long time. This was this was the first time I've done it since I started lifting weights heavily and man, I saw an improvement in my performance. I hit that water and I started going and dude, before you know it, I was like halfway across the lake. The wife was looking at me like, oh my gosh, you were swimming so fast. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it either. I felt like Barry Allen out there on the water, man. It was it was just, it was great. I had such a good time. Go swimming right now. If you have a lagoon near you, if you have a lake near you, go and do it. I, I kind of looked into the history of the... Um, the Spring Lake Swimming Lagoon, and I discovered that, like, 50 years ago, the City Council of Santa Rosa decided to take, like, a flat plane and build a, uh, a reservoir, a potential flood reservoir. In case there's a flood, the water will run there instead of running into the neighborhoods, and they built this big lagoon, 
And then another one next to it that's even bigger that people like boat and do all kinds of fun stuff in. And ever since then, there hasn't been any flooding in Santa Rosa. So it's good in, in that regard. It's totally effective. And and then you wound up with a nice lagoon for boating and fishing and geese live there and all kinds of stuff. There's hurdles. And then you got and then you got an entire another one for swimming. So it turned out to be just like an amazing public works project. They set aside I think there's nine miles of parks. This is all part of like the Annadale Park uh, area. And you got this lake, that lake, and then there's a whole other lake. And then there's another lake up in the up in the hills. It's all very cool, man. Local parks, I got to give a shout out. Big up to Santa Rosa City Parks. Big up to Sonoma County Regional Parks. They provide for you. I'm sure that wherever you live, you have also like cool access to parks and things. So take advantage of it, man. If you have, like, a swimming lagoon, go swim it. If you have this, go use it. It's all fun, and it's all available for you. I guess the 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 theme of this is it's okay to switch up your workout. Like, just don't get stuck on doing one thing, because normally, when it was super hot, I'll still go to the gym anyway, and then I'll wind up really hot and really sick. But we decided, hey, let's flip the script, and instead, I went swimming, and then I came home, and I got super sick. So, there you have it. Let's, uh... Just, just go work out, man. Just please go work out. I worry about your guys' health. You know, I know that you, you're you leading like a sedentary lifestyle. So just get up and go walk around the block five times. You can do it. I believe in you. Let's go forward. Oh, that infernal noise is unbearable. What in heaven's name can be causing so much racket? The noise? It's world's famous on IC Robots Radio, of course. It is terrible, but don't worry. It's all going to be over soon enough. that all of it's terrible. Maybe some of it is, but I definitely don't think all of it is terrible. I was I was getting ready to go to the end of the show, but I just got something in the mail. I just got the uh, the UPS guy left something outside the house, and I, I just got a hold of it. The, the recent Indiana Jones movie has really, really, really invigorated my love of the Indiana Jones character. I've been out on the street wearing a fedora. I got a leather jacket. I got a whip. I got the whole thing, man. I'm just like, I'm out there living the life. I get some strange looks, but you know, I'm Indiana Jones, bro, so what are you, what are you gonna say to me? But what I, what I got right here is the Adventure Series Indiana Jones from Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Adventure Series is, it's like the equivalent of like a Marvel Legend or like a Star Wars Black. It's like a six-inch figure with, um, with like accessories and stuff with more details than like a small, like five-point Kenner kind of figure. I've wanted this one since I first saw it come out, but I never not never saw it over at the Target. I would see the the different characters, but never the Raiders of the Lost Ark Indiana Jones. Raiders Indy is my favorite Indy. I just, I don't know, man. It's uh, all perfect. The look is all perfect. Everything's all perfect. You know, you know where I got this? I had to go onto the online because that's how bad I wanted it. Because I'm just like, you know, this is the time right now. You want a Star Wars Black of Indiana Jones? This is the time. It's not going to happen again in the future. It's now or never. So I went on the online and I, I looked around. I did a, did a bit of a, you know, price checking and whatever. And the place that I found that had it for the lowest best price was the Home Shopping Network website. So I ordered it from HSN. It is now here in my hand. It came pretty quick, dude. Like three or three or four days. Let's let's take a look at the packaging. This series has Marion, Sala, Belloc, and the the Nazi guy, the evil Nazi guy whose face melts. It also has it also has a piece of a build and arc, which I which I would like. I'm not gonna buy all the ones in the series if they. If they came up with just like an arc on its own, I could be tempted to buy the arc. Let's 
let's get into the packaging. This is the this is the no see packaging. It's all cardboard. There's no plastic in the front. They they're trying this out. I think that they I think they're gonna go back to uh, plastic. But I gotta say. I don't mind the no plastic packaging. I know it's a plastic action figure, but as much as you can cut down, the better. The the figure itself is inside of a cardboard container inside, and he has he has paper around the figure. Let's see, it's a map. It's like an Indiana Jones style map. He's sealed. He's sealed in this little baggie. We're gonna pull him out. Oh, he is awesome. Looks a lot like Indy in the face sculpt. He has articulation at the ankles, the knees, the waist. The elbows, the shoulders, the neck, and the uh, hips and wrist. And then there is, there's another little small packet inside of here with, I'm assuming, what are his accessories. Let's, let's open this up. I actually do kind of like this. It's, it's like a little map. The packaging is a little map, and it says, like, the different places Indiana Jones film. It's actually quite cool. Sorry it's crinkling so much. I'm trying to get the last the last little bit of accessories. There's one that won't come out. It is the whip. The whip is tangled in there, but let's let's take a look. He has the piece of the arc is the part on the front, the birds that go along the they're on the very top of the arc. These aren't bad. As far as build a piece goes, these aren't bad. So he has two sets of extra hands. He has his pistol, the pistola. Let's let's put that in his hand. The good old 38, the snub 38 works great. For our guy Indy, if it's perfect, it also has a holster he can go in, and then he has the whip. He has two whips. One's a smaller whip that you can use and, like, snap onto his belt. And then there is, like, another one, like a longer whip that you could use for, like, action, like whipping Nazis. And then there is a little piece of paper, nothing important there. And then there's a build and arc instructions on the, on the cardboard. I, myself, I don't mind this. I know a lot of people are up in arms not being able to see the figure before you buy it, and I do understand that point of view as well. You don't want to get one with, like, cross eyes and bad paints or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, hmm. Okay, the hat does not come off, but the face... The face does look like Harrison Ford. You can definitely see the Harrison Ford, uh, appearance in there. He has... He has, like, a pouch that goes around his shoulder. You could not... Well, you could probably take the jacket off, but I feel like... I feel like you would really risk ruining it if you did so, and it's not... Not really anything underneath there. There are these are the normal hands. That's the one that would hold the gun. Then you have fists, so you can throw the famous Indiana Jones right hand. Let's let's see. Really easy to get one of these off. We'll put this one on. Goes on easy enough. Let's give him a fist so he can throw a big punch. That's the right one here. Got it on there. Gonna throw some blows. Snap, snap, snap. Very cool, man. I'm super pleased with this. I'm loving Indiana Jones. I saw um, I saw some other cool Indiana Jones toys over over at the Target. They have there's like three play sets. They're like the Imaginext figures, you know, those like little little ones for kids. They're like two or three inches tall, not very detailed, but you know, fun. They're kind of like uh, like like not like Fisher Price, like the Fisher Price. Well, the 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 Chunky Pals, whatever those ones are called. They have three separate Indiana Jones sets. They have one from Raiders where he comes with a bunch of accessories and a boulder. And then there is another one. And then he has one on a motorcycle. And these are all cool. They're all like $9.99. I'm not even kidding. You get the figure and a bunch of little accessories. You could have a ton of fun with these. One has a backpack. One of the figures has a backpack. And all of the accessories like go into the pack and it all fits in really well. That seems 
like it would be fun to play with. I also saw the uh, the San Diego Comic-Con Indiana Jones stuff, and it looks like they're going to be coming out with more things. They have a big Indiana Jones, kind of like kind of like a Marvel Titan series, it looks like, like that scale, like the, it's big like that, and there was like a toy whip that I saw, and a couple additional figures, but I can't, I can't recall who they are right now, but it's cool, man. We're gonna get, we're gonna get a little more, but I honestly wouldn't expect any more Indiana Jones after this, to be honest, because I, I don't know, the movie didn't do as well as I would have liked at the box office, which is sad, because it was, it was pretty fun, I definitely liked it, and it has, uh, it's brought back my love, it's brought back my love for Indy, I got one right here, I think he's great, but any rate, we're gonna get up out of here, I think the show's moving in around an hour, it's kind of a little bit long this week. I hope that's fine. So with all that junk out of the way, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for everybody in the crew. Uh, if you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of your work. Alright, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Famous, not the good one. This is the other one, the one that nobody really likes. Oh, wow.